Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloseted. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family, it is time to bust out of those closets, make our bold moves, live our life without apology, and man, sometimes you just step into some friendships and some relationships and you don't even know why they got brought into your world, but then you realize after a little bit of the conversation, there's just a huge connection. And then when you realize these people also make bold moves and they set a tone for living their life in a very unapologetic way, you realize you really, really like him. There's a whole lot that you have in common. And you've heard his co-host a few weeks ago on the podcast. He's one of the team from the Ridiculously Human podcast. And he's got some interesting background. I mean, he was a stunt guy for a little while and he failed at it miserably, according to him. Um, he's done some bodybuilding. He's from South Africa. and He's made some pretty amazing, big, bold moves. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And yes, he does have that beautiful South African accent. So ladies, if you're listening, don't get lost in the accent. Just keep listening and learn from him. He's my buddy, Gareth Martin. And Gareth, I just want to say thanks for being here and thanks for coming to Life on Closet. I can't wait to have this conversation with you. Oh, well, Rick, thank you so much for having me, bud. What a great introduction. And it's uh, the feeling is mutual. That's all I can say, man. And I'm really excited to chat to you today. Yeah, yeah. It's been almost when this one airs, so everybody knows we pre-record, but when this one airs, it'll be just about a year since we met because we met at Podcast Movement a year ago. And um, it was just kind of a casual conversation that we struck up there. And then suddenly we're, we're talking about doing your podcast and my podcast and all that sort of thing. So let's start there. What was the, for you, I, I know what Craig's um, version of the story was. And I know you guys are good buds. And then suddenly this idea came up. But for you, what was the whole drive behind starting the Ridiculously Human podcast for you? Personally? So for me, I guess it was twofold. Um, I've, I've always really been interested in people's stories and I just think like there's so much to actually learn from each other. Yeah. And I remember one time going to go visit my granddad who I was like, I was never really close with him. Um, but it, it, for no reason, I just wasn't really, I didn't spend much time with him basically. Right. And I went and I spent like an afternoon with him. It was just meant to be for an hour. And he started telling me, these stories about him in the war, in the second world war, like when it finished and mm. you know, what happened and how he was part of the British army and they were in the part of India called Kashmir where the, you know, where the British army basically had to stand in a line in the middle, almost as like a barrier to separate all the um, Hindus moving over to India and all the, Muslims moving to Pakistan and it was mm. like I was like no way this is such an amazing story mm -hmm. um so that was like I guess the first thing I was just like really fascinated by its stories and history and then Craig and I were actually on a a, not a bit of a pub crawl in Madrid <laughs> um <laughs> years ago with some friends and we were just like you know when you when you you know when you're with buddies and you're just having like amazing conversations yeah and you're like 
wow, this is such a great conversation. We should record it because like other people could really relate to it. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the, that was the guess, the, the thing that almost set it off basically. So we, that's when we said it. And then a couple years later, when we were both in the right space, we were like, let's start the podcast and let's speak to people and mm-hmm. hear their stories. And, and that was kind of where it all started off. That's amazing. And for those who, I don't know that this came up in the podcast when Craig was on, it might have, but I don't remember it coming up. I mean, this, this podcast that these two guys do just logistically is amazing <laughs> because, okay, it, with technology and everything, yes, we can do anything from anywhere in the world. Um, but one of you is in Australia and currently Great Britain. And I know that time zone difference alone is just like crazy, crazy stuff. And the way you guys do this and your guests and everything, it takes a lot to make that show come to life. So good for you, mate. Yeah, no, thanks, Brad. Yeah, no, it takes a lot of coordination. That's for yeah. sure. So, you know, Craig is like at the moment, he's only nine hours ahead, but in summertime or wintertime, he's 10 hours ahead. Right. Um, so it's always one of us is early and one of us is late if we yeah. want to chat to somebody. And, uh, but that's, that's just part of it. You know, we, we know we want to carry on doing this and, and that's going to be what it's like for, for the near future, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes these are the things that really bring us together when we think, um, you know, gosh, I can't, I can't, I can't make this happen. I can't do this thing. And then suddenly it's as simple as, okay, but what can you do? And then suddenly, boom, that's when things happen. And, um, I know for so many of my listeners, a lot of them have heard stories about you know, these bold moves that people make. And I think for every bold move that somebody starts out to go do, it starts with, but I can't, or an excuse or a reason that they can't do this. And I know for you, um, you made a pretty dang bold move as a young man. Um, like when you were 18 and I don't know if I would, have. I know when I was 19, I tried to make a bold move to come out of the closet and I wasn't quite capable. Why don't you take us a little bit back into that story at 18 because you left basically your motherland and headed off to a whole new life. Yeah, exactly. So I, um, I grew up in South Africa and, um, actually when I was, when I was 16, I was involved in a serious motorbike accident that pretty much almost killed me. Um, but in, in, and in like in hindsight, I look back and it just gave me a different perspective on life. Um, so when it came to the time of leaving school and going to university, I was kind of like, I don't really know what to do with my life and I actually want to go and see the world and see what's out there. So I decided to, um, or I'd actually previously been to this fair with my dad and it was a fair for camp America in the USA. Mm. And I was like, like they sold it to me and like, it, it was amazing because I did end up going as well. So I'd booked to go to camp America, which is in the middle of the year for us, like June, July. And then either side of it like I had to do something else because our school years run from January to December Mm. so I finished school and then I was like well I've got America booked um for the middle of next year what else am I going to do and I was like cool well why don't I just go to the UK see it see what it's like Mm. um the the only people I knew was uh I had some colleagues of my stepmoms that were mm-hmm. that were yeah so i didn't really know them and they were older than me and then my great great auntie who i had never met she was my granny's sister <laughs> those were the only people that i knew here and i decided i was just saying i'm just gonna go i'm gonna go and see what it's like and uh, i got myself they had like a two-year visa like it was called a working holiday visa and yeah. that's for the uk and just got on a flight in, in March of 99 and 
landed and yeah, went and stayed with my great aunt for the first week. And it was, uh, yeah, it was totally, it was totally awesome actually at the end of it, looking at back, looking back wow. on it. Um, so where did you actually end up in UK? There's a reason for this question. Did you end up in London? Did you end up in some of the countryside? Where were you in 99? Uh, in 99, I, I ended up in London. I, I, I went, I started in Essex um, <clears throat> with my great aunt and then I was, I got kind of like homesick quite quickly because I was, you know, I was just 18. I just literally turned 18. So I was, uh, yeah, you know, I was, I was longing for home. And then I had, like I said, some of those other friends mm -hmm. that lived in London and I was like, cool, I'm going to go to London. And then, yeah. And then basically I, I came and I stayed with them for a week and then I found like a, another place to stay, which was my first place. And, and I moved in with this these Aussies and these South Africans hmm. and I was based in Wimbledon and I ended up living in Wimbledon for like eight years. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm having goosebumps right now because you being in London, this is when I think that people come together. You don't even realize why you came together and why you suddenly your paths crossed. I was working in London, 1999. No way. And in the fall of 99, it's almost been 20 years ago now. And I may get a little choked up about this one. <clears throat> I was in London in October for a trade show. And that is when I met the Brit who brought me out of the closet. So it's just ironic that here you and I are having this conversation. We were both in the same place, <laughs> not knowing each other. Yeah. And now here we are having this amazing conversation, yet the energy around both of us making really bold moves, it's actually happening simultaneously in the same year in the same space. Totally, but I actually have goosebumps just thinking about that. And it's I know, uh, and I think this is something yeah. we don't realize how often we get so busy in our life walking around. Now, I have sat and thought about this sort of thing so many times. I'm like, I'll be sitting in a hotel, like in a city and like looking down on the streets or something and going, that person walking along the street, they have no idea that I'm watching them. They have no idea that I see them. They have no idea that I'm feeling some connection to them. And it's always fascinating to me because it's like we have connections that we don't even realize we have. And then I always think what would happen, and you know, movies have kind of done this, but I don't think a movie's quite captured what I'm about to say. What would happen if suddenly those paths cross and that person doesn't know but you say, I saw you on this day from this hotel window and I always wanted to meet you. And they're like, you're crazy. <laughs> You know, I just think these things are so interesting, but what I find more fascinating about where you and I were in our lives in that time was we had both just made some really amazing, big, bold moves and changes in our lives in the same yeah. exact city. Yeah. It's incredible. I swear. Like I, I also, I sit back often and I, I wonder about the world and the universe and things that go on. And, and then these sort of convergences like now, you know, mm -hmm. like it's, I don't know, like, I think there's, there's something so much more powerful that just sort of manages everything and it's, uh, you know, you can call it coincidences or whatever, but um, I truly believe that a lot of these things are kind of meant to happen. Absolutely. So here you are, 18 year old in London, then you end up being there for eight years. Obviously it worked for you and yeah. it became something really powerful. Um, so what made it so different? I mean, why, why there? Why not go home? You said you were homesick, but what was that grounding that you had that kept you there? You know what it was? It was just like, it was just seeing this new world, you know, like I'd grown up in South Africa and I'd come to London and London is just like the most incredible city in mm -hmm. the world. And 
it was also like the people that I got introduced to were just like amazing people. I mean, I, I, I became friends with all these Australians and, um, they, they, yeah, they took me in like brothers. So like I yeah. moved into this house and this guy was uh, still like one of my best mates to this day. He was like 10 years older than me at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he said like the first night I got into that house, he's like, Hey, why don't you come and play, um, Australian rules football? Like, and, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's like the, the biggest sport in Australia. Uh, they call it Aussie rules. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no ways. I love Aussie rules. Like I'm definitely going to come. And I went down there. And there was like 80 guys at training and immediately I had like 80 new friends, you know, Wow. they're all like big brothers. And I don't know, I just saw, you know, I just saw this different side of like humans and whatever. And like, you know, like I said, there was that freedom as well. And we were just Mm -hmm. going out and doing what we wanted and like talking about, you know, all these like interesting things and yeah, London just captured me. And, mm-hmm. and then the, the access that you have in London to Europe and to travel and to right. everything, like we went on these amazing trips, you know, like doing cool things like yep. running off the pools in Pamplona and going on Aussie rules trips with like 20, 30 guys and just having like so much fun and like all around Europe. And uh, it just, you know, it's a hard place to leave, I think, mm-hmm. when you experience things like that. And I also think it's this energy that you find yourself in when you give yourself the permission to just say, okay, I'm here. Let's see what happens versus, and I know it didn't come without some worry, like, okay, what's next? But I I find it so much more liberating when you can just say, I'm going to trust that something is (laughs) bigger at play here and let's see what unfolds. And, you know, I get asked a lot um, about that whole, you know, experience in London and why that guy And it wasn't really so much about that guy, but yet it was. But what it was about was me finally seeing the possibility. Instead of feeling hopeless, I saw the possibility because what I saw was a connection to something more than just sex. Mm -hmm. I saw a connection to a man. I saw a connection to the heart of a guy. I saw a connection to a soul. I could see something more and I think too often we get in these spaces where we walk in through life, we're getting through life, we're doing through life, but we don't stop and really see. We don't yeah. see what's happening. And something that caught my attention as you were speaking about, you know, the Aussie rules and the running with the bulls and everything. It's so interesting that now you have this beautiful podcast, <laughs> Ridiculously Human, because even back then the foundation was getting laid for you to see the beauty of how ridiculously human we all are. Yeah, you're so right. You know what I mean? And just a couple of things there. I think life seems like it's so complex, you know what I mean? And so busy and and can be so overwhelming. Um, but actually, you know, it's only we only need simple things in life to really make it enjoyable. And if you're able to take a step back from, you know, being stuck in like the rat race or or whatever it is, and actually see the you know, what the beautiful things in life and, and just let it kind of take you, um, then amazing things happen, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, you're so right. I guess like the, the grounding of the podcast is, you know, has started so many years before we even, um, we even began it. And right. there's just, there's just so many amazing, interesting people in the world to learn from and, mm-hmm. uh, for us to all connect with and, yeah, so much fun to be had and, and, and knowledge to be shared and, and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. 
purpose. It's just, it's, we're, we're super fortunate, you know, if we, if we allow it. Yeah. Well, if we allow ourselves to come out, you know, I'm going to just say it, if we allow ourselves to come out of our closets and go experience what we're meant to experience. And I know for me, and I say this a lot when I'm, I've said it numerous times on this podcast, but when I'm speaking on stage, if somebody had told me back in 1999 and the turmoil of all that stuff, that I would be sitting here doing a podcast, having written a book, helping people come out of the closets of their life, I would have said, you are crazy. I don't know what the hell you're talking about because that does not sound like me at all. And yet it has been given to me because every step of the way, I feel like I've kept opening doors and opening doors and opening doors and going, okay, let's just, let's just see what happens. For sure. You know what? I, I really like, I really wish more people would like close down that first barrier, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's that first barrier which stops everybody. Yeah. Um, if they're able to sort of bring that down and start doing things, then the world does really open up for you. And, and But you can only see it if you bring down that first barrier. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you're kind of always going to be fearful or, or moaning or thinking things don't happen for you. And I think, you know, if you can just overcome that first hurdle, amazing things do start happening. That's for sure. So I'm curious, what do you think the first barrier is from your perspective? We're both coaches, so we, yeah. we deal with this all the time in different yeah. ways. But um, what do you think that first barrier is for most? I mean, I, I think it's just like, it's, it's, either, it's either fear um, or maybe a lack of courage. And I, I guess they're both kind of the same thing. But um, yeah, people are just afraid of the unknown and mm -hmm. they like their comfort zones. You know, they say that people say they want to do things, but they actually never end up doing it because they are fearful or they just don't have that extra little bit of courage that they need. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they think they don't. I think that's the problem. They think yeah. they don't. And they'll always probably, they'll probably think the worst mm -hmm. um, of what might happen. But, you know, sometimes you just, you just need to take that risk and, or you just need to get someone to hold your hand like a coach or something to just help you over that line in, in the beginning. And then, then magic happens. You know, it's interesting because I, I spoke on a stage not long ago and this is exactly what I talked about was this fear and courage stuff. And it's about the excuses we make and the fears that we have. And as I was putting the speech together and then I started working with my speech coach, um, in the midst of a rehearsal with her, I just said, well, you know, it's kind of like this. Fears are only as alive as we give them life. Mm. And she said, stop right there. Just, just stop right there. Do not say another word. She goes, that has got to stay in the talk. Nice. Because it's so true. And the more, and so, you know, I just say this thing and then I'm like, well, wait, let me think about this. And I'm like, yeah, if I had not allowed that fear of coming out to my wife after having that amazing night with that guy, if I had let that fear still stay there and, and be alive, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today because it just, it didn't take me to that space. But when I allowed that fear to have no life, it gave me the courage to go have a life. Yeah, totally. I, th I, I think that's, I think it's like with anything in life, if you feed it, it's going to grow, yep. right? So if you feed that fear and you carry on thinking that, you know, thinking the worst, um, you're just going to be more fearful and never actually do anything. Mm -hmm. And it's the same for the opposites. If you are like really enthusiastic and, um, you know, sort of not, not carefree, but you, you, you kind of like, you'll let life happen and you feed that, mm -hmm. then 
more and more things are going to happen to you and and you know other people are going to kind of like wish that 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 would happen to them um as well because they're seeing you doing things and accomplishing things um but there's only a slight little difference you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's only you're feeding one thing and yep. they're feeding another thing yep. and that's all it is you know i think i also think there's this interesting space and maybe it's because it's part of my talk but i think there's this space of permission you have to give yourself permission. Yeah. And we become so accustomed to, well, I need somebody to say this is okay. And we become numb to, I'm waiting for, and social media doesn't help this, that I'm waiting for everybody else's approval to say, okay, yes, you can go do this. And then we become saturated in this approval state where we can't even approve of ourselves without you know, having somebody else say this is good. And at the core of it is, 90, I believe, this is just my philosophy, folks, 99% of what we do in life is only ourselves giving ourselves permission to go do it. The rest of the 1%, yes, there's things we got to play by the rules in life. But for the most part, if I didn't want to show up today to record this podcast, I could give myself full permission not to do that. And okay, I might, I might have pissed Gareth off and said, okay, I know we're hours away from each other and we plan and this. But if I decided I really didn't want to do this, I could have given myself permission not to. But yeah. Too often we keep waiting for these other people to say, it's okay, go do that. Yeah, go ahead, Rick. Yeah, no, to, look, I think everything in life is a choice. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You wake up in the morning and you've got a choice if you want to be happy or you want to be sad. There's no one else that decides this. Yep. You want to work hard today? That's cool, you work hard. You don't want to work hard? That's cool, you decide that. Everything is a choice. Like, it's, it's amazing, you know what I mean? Like how much control you do actually have. Um, but we don't allow ourselves that sometimes, you know, it's, it's really, it is really interesting. Like we often go for the easy option. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's amazing when you do uh, take that more difficult option sometimes, uh, what happens when you, you know, when you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, actually, I actually heard something uh, yesterday I went to this amazing talk and, and it was a, it was just two words. It was called deliberate inconvenience. And if you put yourself in more of these situations called deliberate inconveniences, then you're actually going to really grow as a person. So for example, you could be walking on the tube in, in London, like the underground, right? And there's the easy option. You can go up uh, the, the escalator and just stand on the side there and let it take you up. Or you can deliberately, deliberately inconvenience yourself and walk up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And walking up the stairs is better for your health. It's better for everything mm-hmm. and it makes you stronger as a person. And I think we always have this option with everything that we do. We can always take the easy option or the difficult option. Right. And it's totally up to you. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I, as I told you before we came on the air, I got up this morning. I woke up really early and usually I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I thought, okay, I don't have anything until 8.30 this morning and it's going to be a warm day and, oh, the sun is out. So maybe I will go to the gym and go swim in the pool early this morning. And as I got there, I'm like, okay, I really, really, I want to go, I want to hit that mile mark. I've been working up the last few months. I've been trying to get back in shape, working at it. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And of course, as soon as I got in the pool, it was a little bit chilly. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm only going to do, you know, half a mile. (laughs) And then I thought, well, what's been working for me is I rehearse my talk that I'm doing coming up in a few weeks. I rehearse my talk in my head as I'm swimming. And as I got, and I thought, I'm going to start from the 1600 meter mark and count backward. It goes 16 laps. Okay. Well, by the time I got to eight, I'm like, okay, I'm halfway there. (sighs) 
I could really stop and it would be okay. And I looked at the clock and I thought, I still have time, and but I've got an hour. So if I don't get home, then I won't get everything completely prepped for this podcast I'm doing with Gareth, but that's stuff I can do afterwards. But it sure be more convenient to get it all done. But what's it going to cause me if I don't do it until afterwards because his show's not going to air for a while anyway. And so it's interesting that you bring this deliberate inconvenience up because I was having that whole kind of, well, it'd be more convenient to go home and get it done. It'd be more inconvenient for me to stay in the pool. And then as soon as I decided, you know what, just keep rehearsing. Man, those last eight laps, I got it done. And when I got done, I looked at a guy who's my chiropractor. He actually does some training with um, some master swimmers in the pool. And he looked at me and he just smiled. And I said, yeah. And he goes, you did it today, didn't you? And I said, yeah, I did. And it was amazing how that little bit of inconvenience drove me to go get something done that I was really wanting to get done. And I grew so much from it because now I'm like, okay, bitch, you did it once. You're going to do it again two days. <laughs> totally, you know? uh, Yeah. But I love yeah. that. That's such an amazing thing you just shared there. Man. Deliberate. Yeah. yeah. But, but well, well done for, seriously, well done for swimming a mile because actually back in the day, swimming was my thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I remember, like, I remember swimming, like I, I just have a real love for it. And it's a, it's a nice time to actually have it to yourself. And, yes. but it is easy at the same time, like you said, to go, ah, oh, I've done, okay, I've done, you know, half of what I need to do. Right. And that's kind of good enough. Let me just hop out now. Mm -hmm. um, but it's those times that you don't hop out, that you do finish, mm -hmm. that you really feel good. You're like, cool, I accomplished something. And there's, there's something about a sense of accomplishments, which I think is so important to the whole human psyche, you know, and it really encourages us to actually go out there and do better things and do more of the same, um, you know, in the future. I don't know. There must be something in the air because now I just, this just reminded me of something that happened in the pool today as I was rehearsing my talk. I've been stumbling on a certain part of the whole, because in the middle of the talk, I, I do bring up the whole London experience because it's vital to helping people move into a space of no excuses and no fears. And I've been stumbling over this one line because it's about being in a hotel room with the guy, right? And I really want to use the word swanky, but I keep tripping over it. And as I'm swimming, I'm like, so it's two months later, I'm still married and I'm laying in bed in the swankiest hotel room you've ever seen. And I actually like <laughs> stopped swimming right at that moment because I was at a place where I could actually stand up. I'm like, yes, I nailed it. But I didn't nail it when I was first getting through that first part of the swing. It was after I got inconvenienced and stayed in there. Mm. And that's the moment I thought, okay, this is exactly why I was meant to stay and do the whole mile. And it was literally, I only had two more laps to go to finish the mile. I was like, Okay, once again, universe, thank you for showing me why my ass was supposed to be in the pool this whole time today because I nailed that line and I have been yeah. trying and trying and trying to nail it. Yeah, I nailed it in my head. We'll see how it does later this afternoon when I'm doing it live. But I thought, wow, I got there. And it was because I made a choice to do something that makes me happy and moves my life forward. And I think people miss, miss these things way too often. hundred percent. And, and, you know, another thing which I think is super important for people is to actually take your health seriously, like, like you are and go out and do things like go for a run or go for a swim, because actually it really, really clears your head and it, yep. it, it creates this new space for you to think cool things. I always like, honestly, Rick, when I go for runs, I wish there was like some amazing app out there that I could 
just speak over like the the, the music I'm mm, listening to mm-hmm. or the podcast I'm listening to because whenever I'm running, my mind kind of like wanders, but in a good way, you know, because it's yeah. thinking about things. And I think of the best ideas, at least yep. I, I think they're good <laughs> ideas at the time, you know, yep. and I'm like, oh, now I've got to stop and write it down or, right, or, right. or sometimes I sometimes go, oh no, I'll remember this. Um, and then I'll write it down when I get back. But of course, I never do. You never do. I never yeah. do either. Yeah, because like I'll be on my bike, and I actually got <laughs> on my bike for the first time in a while because I had I had broken my toe back in November of 2018. That took forever to heal. It's still not a hundred percent healed. Then I ended up with a thing called um, capsulitis in my in the ball of my foot. So it's been very hard for me to do anything cardio driven. You know, I can't do planks. I can't do walks or runs, which I don't really run, but cycling, you know, all that stuff. And finally, my orthopedist said, yeah, you can do some cycling. And, and so I started a few weeks ago, starting to do a spin class here or there. But I can tell I have to give it a day or two afterwards because it's still putting pressure on that foot. And then this past week, I actually, or two days ago, I went and rode my bike from our house over to Target to pick up stuff and came back. And I was like, I am so glad I'm doing this because it, it was the middle of the day. It was the perfect break from my work. And I, I thought, why don't I do more of this? I mean, yes, I get to the gym. I'm kind of like, get to the gym in the morning, get it done, boom, done, you know? But man, just these little breaks just put us in such a different frame of mind. Yeah, they're so powerful. And I just... I just wish everyone would, uh, you know, take exercise a little bit more seriously mm-hmm. because we would all feel better. Yep. We would all treat each other better. We would feel yep. better about ourselves. Yep. We would have better ideas. Like, you know, just overall, it's it's better for human existence mm-hmm. and collaboration. Absolutely. And you know, um, yeah, I just really encourage anyone to take the health that little bit more seriously and give yourself time give yourself permission to you know to just take time out of your day mm-hmm. and look and after it yourself have to be anything huge i mean nah, I, I, I mean trust me this foot thing has it has not been fun and i remember when i first started getting back out walking i thought okay i'm gonna go do my two and a half mile walk well that lasted one day and my foot was hurting so bad i literally could really not walk on it for a couple of days I thought, okay you overdid it buddy so of course, then here we go. The excuses and the fears started showing up, right? I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to work. So I can't do that. Of course, there was a little, my little side devil going, yay, we don't have to exercise <laughs> now. <laughs> then a couple of days later, I'm like, it felt so good to be outside. And I thought, okay, you don't have to go walk the whole three mile route. Where can you go walk? And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go walk around just this short little neighborhood. We don't have a huge complex, but I'm just going to go walk around the complex once. And just that five minutes, 10 minutes that I was out, I came back so much more refreshed mm-hmm. and I felt it's so amazing. much more ready to go, you know? So, um, so let's kind of step back real quick to, you know, here you are 18 year old in London, things are starting to like shape up. You're hanging out with the guys. You're starting to do some amazing, amazing things. What do you think your life would have been like if you hadn't made that bold move? It's interesting. Cause I always, I always think about this actually, you know what? And, um, it's of course it's impossible to say what it would look like, mm-hmm. but I I can tell you that like growing up in South Africa is is very different, especially in Johannesburg. Like people are very materialistic, you know they they worried about what car they drive, and you know everyone's always kind of comparing what they do and these sort of things. So it's that sort of environment in Johannesburg, and I'm not saying but the people are still awesome. Like I love people from Joburg, and like I'm right, a Joburger. Right. 
through and through, but it's that kind of mentality, you know, and I feel I kind of would have probably got stuck into that and I would have been like worried about what car I drove and what my house looked like and what my job was and all these sort of things. Um, and yeah, so it would have been very, very different, you know, as opposed to being this guy who was a bit more carefree, who traveled the world, who explored, who met people. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to say, but I, I can't, I can see it. Of, I can see myself being a bit more like that if I hadn't mm-hmm. of moved to the UK. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm like you, I think a lot about if I hadn't made that big, bold move to come out of the closet, um, I don't know where I'd be, but my, my gut instinct, and I'm very tied into my soul and my instincts. And, um, I don't think I'd be having these conversations. And I think that because I don't think I'd even be here. I think I would be gone and not because I would have killed myself. I think the misery and the shame and the guilt and everything about the way I was living and the infidelity that I was constantly participating in. Um, and I was a bigger boy than I am now. Um, I think it would have killed me. And I don't think I would have the loving, beautiful relationship I have with my two daughters. I think I would have been a son of a bitch, kind of like a certain father that I know, um, who's now a very miserable person. And I don't think I would have had the joy that I get to experience now. I'm not saying that everything is perfect, but (laughs) I do believe this happened for me and continues to happen for me because there's still stuff I'm supposed to do and still stuff I'm supposed to learn and still things I'm supposed to experience both good and bad, even though it's interesting, as much as I get frustrated in the bad stuff, I've started to see it as a beautiful prescription to let the bad stuff come because I still have a lesson to learn. And I'm curious how, how much you have found, and I know your journeys are amazing, that you continue to see that in your own life. You continue to grow, you continue to evolve just because of the things you're doing. So there's, there's something there that you really touched on, which I think is, is really important for people to understand. Um, and everyone is like talking about happiness and like how to be happy in that. And, you know, that's just one element of life. Life mm-hmm. is actually about happiness, sadness, challenges, etc. It's like, it actually probably evens out quite like neutral, you know, at the end of the yeah. day. Um, it's really important to understand that life is going to throw you some curveballs. And it's going to throw you these challenges and you're not going to know why. And if you can sort of not preempt that, but just actually expect that it's going to happen, it makes it easier to deal with those moments, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, you, you, therefore, like you can, you can still really, really enjoy the good times, you know, but you can just be more aware of when the bad times are there and just understand that everything is temporary as well. Nothing is forever in life. Mm-hmm. So those bad times are going to go, you know, same as those good times are going to go. Mm-hmm. Nothing is forever whatsoever. So I think that's a really important lesson. And, and, you know, like through your own story and all the people that you speak to that you have as guests on this podcast, I hope that other people, uh, the listeners, like, like they learn lessons and, and they, they, your guests are basically giving other people permission mm-hmm. to go and make bold moves themselves as well. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think that's an important thing. Mm-hmm. When other people have done it, it gives those that are maybe a little bit more fearful or sitting on the sidelines, it gives them permission Absolutely. to do the same. Yeah. And, um, and I think another big thing too is to realize, and again, this is in one of the latest speeches that I'm doing, but it's to really give yourself the space to sit back and go, things really aren't as bad as we make them out to be. And I know that's very trite and it's been said before, but I, to sit with it and really think about a year ago, what was something really bad? 
Now, I want you to get really serious. I want you to think a year ago from this day, there was probably something really bad that happened or something bad that happened that you thought, can you tell me what it is? The exact day a year ago today, can you tell me what it is? Most people can't because it's not as big as it was. And even if it was as big as it was, a spouse coming out of the closet, finding out you had cancer, um, losing a loved one, all those are big things. But I think one of the most beautiful things that we've been given as a human being is the ability, if we give ourselves again permission, we have this innate ability to move on and yeah. innate ability to let things go if we choose to let things go. 100%. You know, like humans are so much more powerful and strong than we, we maybe, you know, yeah. give ourselves credit for. I mean, the atrocities that have happened in the world as like a, as a whole have been huge and we've got through those, but also on an individual basis, like you said, so many people in life, every single one of us has bad things happen to us. Mm -hmm. We get over it. It's because we are tough. We are resilient and yep. um, yeah. And we're wired to actually, you know, sometimes forget about that stuff and then focus yep. on things that are more important. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, man, life is all that you make of it. And absolutely. Um, it yeah, is a very just, big thing. Uh, it is for sure. So I'm curious as we wrap up here, and I know this is going to be like a putting you on the spot sort of question, but um, I'm curious, what's a bold move you want to make that you haven't yet made, man? Uh, that I haven't yet made. I mean, for me, it is, uh, I know it sounds like a cop out, but I, you know, like becoming a dad for me is a really big one. Um, I don't I, see that. For some, <laughs> Trust me, brother, as a father, that is not a cop out. That is a big, bold move. Trust me. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of weird, Rick. Like, um, I, 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 I think that so many things in life affect us and, you know, especially when we're young as well. And, and my folks had a, a messy divorce and it was like prolonged, you know what I mean? And they kind of used kids, um, you know, I, I guess maybe not intentionally, but people do don't do things that they normally would when they're angry. You know what I mean? Um, so I kind of like for a long time thought, I don't want to have kids cause I don't want the same thing to happen to them, you know, yeah, for them yeah. to experience what I did. And, um, for that reason, I just kept on telling myself, I don't have kids. I don't have, I don't have kids. And that was like up until probably almost like three years ago, I'd say until I met my girlfriend, Marissa, mm -hmm. and she's like complete opposite. She would, she would have had kids like, Know, the day we kind of met each other <laughs> um, because she just really wants to be a mom right. and um, she's really changed my whole mindset and like now I can't wait to be a dad I think I think as a human like it just adds this other layer and level to you you know what I mean and I, I really want to experience that now so it's, that's kind of that's kind of it I would say I, again it's so interesting the things that are coming up as you in this conversation today I had an interesting conversation about a week I, I said something and I turned to her and I said, see what I just did there? That was a really shit move. So learn from me. Don't ever do that. And remember that when you do a really shit move thing to your kid. <laughs> and it was a great moment because she goes, yeah, that was a really shit move, dad. So don't pull that shit on me again. I thought, okay, <laughs> we get each other. But it was one of those moments where, again, I even just telling that little bit of a story, I got a little bit of goosebumps about that. You realize that's the big, bold stuff, right? Being able to like have those kind of conversations, you call yourself out and really be there. And I think you'd make it, I've gotten to, is having an impact in the world. And then you can bring it into your own smaller world and truly have it. So, love this conversation, man. Thank you yeah. so much for being no, here, buddy. brother. It's been great. No, thank you so much, but it's, it's really cool. And I mean, you're a great man, but, and I'm just so happy that our paths crossed that uh, podcast movement. Me and, too. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very it's cool. Thought of it. 
Yes, again. And um, I can't wait. I, I'm, he's moving to Portugal, so now I have a reason to go to Portugal. So can't wait for that, too. Yeah, That'll be awesome. Awesome, bud. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, cool. Well, thanks again for being here, brother. I so appreciate you and so appreciate what you've shared with my audience. Well, that's amazing, bud. Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, you're, just a, you're a great man. And this is a great show. And uh, yeah, hope it's been you know, valuable for your listeners. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping into living your life uncloseted.